Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. I'm Courtney. We talk about the do-do's and don't-do's of personalized learning. Yes, we do. <laughs> we do. Today is going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah. We might have some riled, some passionate discussion. I mean, of course, we're not against each other. Matt and I typically agree on everything. <laughs> I know, I know. It makes it usually our, our conversations are like calm, like, yes, Courtney, you're right. Yes, Matt, that's a good idea. <laughs> what like, a great point. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you're used to that, more of the same today. Yeah. But we're going to talk well, about One day we'll just have, a, we'll find something where we just debate well, each other. It's funny. I think we've, we've done a couple hundred of these at this point, And I think yeah. there was one where we disagreed on something, but I forget what it was. <laughs> it was something though. Uh, clearly, but today, it didn't damage our relationship. So. Clearly not. <laughs> uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, something that came up with Courtney in the last day or so. Uh, but I think it's a common occurrence these days. It's oh attendance. yeah, attendance. attendance, attendance. I think it's an issue across the board. Mm. People are dealing with and trying to figure out. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not even sure how to how to like even start <laughs> but but basically it was in several places not just in one place in several uh, places of the you know professional circles i'm in um the conversation of attendance has come up about you know sometimes there's some of like sometimes in the context of like oh in our high schools like 20 to 24 percent of students are failing classes you know because of attendance um in other places it's like how do we even track attendance what makes sense uh if we're in hybrid and you know and we've got some learners who are full distance and in some cases there's starting to be like this occurrence where some students perhaps high school or families kind of decide a kid is home for the day so but they're going to do remote learning for the day. They're just not physically in the building, right. which is really cool. Like, I want to say that's awesome. Like, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, but then it's like, well, what do we do with attendance? Um, so, so yeah, there's just a lot of, you know, and then, you know, the dropout rate and blah, 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 like all this stuff about attendance. Um, and I have some crazy thoughts about it. Maybe they're not that crazy to our audience. So let but... me let, let me let me stop right there for a minute. Do you yeah. and ask you a couple of questions before you get to your yeah. wild okay. and crazy stuff? I'm sure. So do you think this is more <laughs> slow down, Courtney? Handle <laughs> going let, right to plaid. Let yeah. our listeners kind yeah. of you know ease into the plaidness here. So. <laughs> um. So right. our schools have been doing this for let's say about two months now as of recording right so about yeah. two months in this yeah. school year yeah. so we're about two months in and do you think there's more of an issue now than there was yes. okay <laughs> <laughs> yes um do you think that's because of well a variety of things but but i i see a lot of like pandemic fatigue is, mm -hmm. is what I, is what I hear about that people are, you know, just tired of being in the house all the time and being stuck to minimal places because we've been doing this now for just over se seven months now, since everything shut down. 
yeah. and people are just tired of the you know, it's i hate the, the word the new normal because there's no such thing yeah but people are tired right and they want things to be back to normal the way it was before but they're not it's not going to be for months it looks like yeah. at yeah. least months so hey you know how we might speed things up a little bit vote go vote on november 3rd or vote already i voted already i already voted too yeah yeah fill out your ass and vote just vote just go into and vote drop it in dropbox the mailbox i'm pretty sure most of our listeners know how to vote <laughs> go vote yeah that anyway. will help yeah. uh so so i know there's there's been a lot of like we think this is a great idea at the end of August. And, you know, we're going to have school look a little bit different because of the hybrid, but now we're two months in and it seems yeah. like not, not a lot sometimes has changed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I think, well, I think one of the big differences is, uh, big differences is, or I don't know, in the spring, everyone, it was emergency mode. And for whatever reason, I don't know if it was a good idea or a bad idea, it just it's what happened. Um, the collective we of education and the United States has decided this is no longer emergency mode. This is just how it happens now. <laughs> and you need to have the in-person plan, the hybrid plan, the distance learning plan, maybe options for everybody. And, and there are rules and regulations and kind of um, safety measures that really dictate where you which plan you can do mm -hmm. right but um so i think that's one thing that's different and because of that so in emergency mode we kind of threw a lot of stuff out the window right but when we came back to this is how it is mode so quote unquote regular mode mm -hmm. um not we brought back all the other systems and procedures and um uh expectations reporting requirements those are all the same like from the systemic perspective mm -hmm. those are all the same even though we kind of threw them out back in march yeah. until yeah. the end of the school year right so it's kind of like we're still trying to make the old system be we're still trying to make the now be the old system okay so tying back that back this conversation to attendance yeah a lot of the attendance issues that i see now are people are trying to say you know you have to engage with your teacher online let's say they're they're at home you have to engage yeah. every day yes you have to yeah either show yourself on screen or put something in the chat but yeah some and not even every day sometimes every period well and that's so, that i was just getting to that so some yeah. of the ones that have multiple teachers you have to engage with every teacher every, every day teacher every day and yeah. i'm not sure that happened in the old way of school <laughs> no probably so, not <laughs> so so right there it's a struggle for parents and kids and teachers that you have to keep track of all mm -hmm. of those things just the interactions Right. And, right. and obviously, yeah. I think everyone knew that not the best idea, but what else would we possibly do? Yes. Well, that's it right there. No one asked that question 
or very few people ask that. I mean, yeah, rephrase that. Very few people ask that question. Mm -hmm. How would we do it differently? And one interesting that happened, you know, over time, um, as kind of, uh, you know, frameworks and things were being developed by states, you know, so um, this is really interesting, right? Like Maine, the state I'm in right now is a local control state and California, I believe education wise is not. It's got a lot of strange things out here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like in general, I don't believe California would be, would classify as a local control. State. No, 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 definitely yeah. not. So right there, that's very different. So like, mm -hmm. um, so what the DOE has avoided doing and rightly so, I think is saying this is what constitutes attendance. Like these are the requirements for attendance. Instead, they've kept it very broad. And partially that's because the main DOE, DOE is really trying to nurture and push innovation. And partially because as we all know, as soon as you ask a regulating body to make a regulation, it's going to be stricter than you actually wanted it to be mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. cause even more issues or stress. Yep. So, um, so yeah, so it's very wide open what can count as attendance here in Maine, but most people have just defaulted to like, oh, how do we just superimpose that our attendance system on that we used to do when we was everyone in the building every day on this, mm -hmm. which is completely different. Um, it's, it's like they're still trying to get the students, quote unquote, in the building rather than thinking very differently about it all. And from what I hear you saying is that this is more of a problem now in late October than it was in yes. early September. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So if these conversations are coming up, what are some of the potential solutions that this leadership team might be coming up with? or or not in some cases and and how do you get to plaid how do you well i i like to go plaid pretty fast um but i think you get to plaid and i think you get to any kind of innovation by playing what if okay and throwing out and ignoring maybe not throw out because they'll have to come back later but ignoring the barriers and obstacles Okay. What do you mean by that? Solution. So like, for example, this one is not so far-fetched for our listeners. So one potential what if solution to attendance is, and this is go, goes to the attendance layer that's about, you know, well, students are failing class because of attendance. Mm -hmm. Well, number one, I think, did I say this earlier? Like, why are you in my head? The first question I ask is, well, why are you using attendance as part of your your grading system, like, and I don't know if that's true or not, like, but at least participation, right, and presence seems to be factored into failing somehow. So why are you doing that? <laughs> and what if we got rid of that kind of physical attendance, right, where I put my eyes on you, or I put my eyes on a, a, a chat from you, or, or I put my eyes on an email from you, and that's how I know you know, that's how I'm counting attendance, just forget that altogether and only worry about academic performance. I think you're approaching plaid here. Approaching plaid. That's not super crazy idea. There are plenty of schools out there that do this, right? It's proficiency based learning or competency based learning, right? Where it's about the learning and the other stuff is a separate reporting 
situation, yes. right? You can separate, totally separate behavior, you can separate attendance, you can separate those other things, but focus on the academics. Right. And if, if, and so part of where administrators, I think, come with this attendance issue, it has to do with like reporting, right, to state and for state and federal reasons, attendance <laughs> reporting matters, right? Um, so tie it to that. So like, if a learner proves to you they know everything, then they get complete attendance. Mm -hmm. Like really, because what, what does that attendance count for? And maybe you can push back on that, Matt, because I was never in a position where I had to actually pay attention to attendance counts for any like legal or fiscal reason. <laughs> well, yeah. there, there are definitely some reasons why, but it is based a lot on seat time. Mm -hmm. And if people interpret that as actual butts in seats, yeah. then yes, I can see where people are coming from. But if the point of school isn't just putting butts in seats, but actual learning that, that kids actually learn, then you can interpret attendance, I think, very differently. And it's, it's approaching plat at that point. But I think if it's justified and you have a yeah. system about it, I could justify that all day long. If it's about the learning, why do they need to be there? when we preach right. all the time that it's not about the time, it's about the learning, right? right? And if they prove they learn, they've obviously put in time to do the learning. We just may not have seen it in front of us, Exactly. but it still happened. And that's how you can show that kids are engaged and doing things because of their outcomes. So what, what's showing? Just because it yeah. doesn't happen in front of me or in front of you or in front of an admin or in front of their peers, it doesn't mean they're not learning. So I could justify all that, that all day long as an administrator yeah. if I wanted to. Yeah. But now you're talking, everybody has to be on board with that or it kind of all falls apart, right? Because if in you have- a, At least in a school. Yeah. In a school, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's what I'm talking about now. If you have a couple of teachers that still are requiring you know, a face on a screen and some other teachers that don't, that quickly gets- a kids confused parents yeah. start wondering what oh, are you guys agreed. doing and it's all the old same school-based problems it's like when teachers aren't on the same page that this can all fall down so right. I, I think there needs to be agreement on what this looks like and yeah. interpret that as wide as possible but have less confusion for the kids and for the for the stakeholders at that point yeah oh agreed absolutely agreed yeah if if yeah or if there's a team doing it that's piloting it, like it's understood by the whole community. You know what I'm saying? That right. this team is doing this, here's why they're doing it. This is what we're hoping to learn. Yeah. But I think you just said the key point though, that the stakeholders know about it. Yes. And that's where the communication part comes in. And one of the things that happened in the spring is there was all of a sudden, I think a lot more communication between a school district and the homes basically mm -hmm. the homes of the kids because we had no choice, right. right? We had to talk to them more about what was going on uh, because we were in that emergency, emergency situation that you described earlier. Well, now it's not emergency necessarily. Uh, I did the quote marks there. So Courtney just Good gave me a tip of the head mind. there. <laughs> but it, if yeah. we think we're back to normal now, that doesn't mean we don't involve the stakeholders anymore, just like we did 
like we didn't do in the old days. It's exactly. like, why don't we just yes. continue to work with them? Right. And if that was going to be like the new normal, I, I hate saying that, but if that was, if that's going to be how it is now, <laughs> if that's, well, that's the, why can't we just yeah. take the good things that happened out of that really stressful time in the spring and translate right. them to what school could be now Yeah. and throw away some of the things that never made sense anyway. I know. Or, or reinterpret them, uh, not yes. necessarily throw them away, because you're right, there are reasons for all of these different reporting things, but those can be reinterpreted. Yes, they can. And supported and valued by a community to make it better than it right. was before. Right, right. So then, okay, so then let's shift and kind of look at the other attendance problem, which isn't really attendance as much as like lack of engagement and truancy, mm -hmm. right? Yep. It's really sure. what it is. It's not really attendance. Right. Um, so this is also happening across this state, probably across California in so many places, right? Mm. The number of learners for whom it is exceedingly difficult to even connect with them, period, is growing, mm -hmm. right? And so... Um, these are the transient kids you know, whose families are more transient. These are, uh, I don't know, lots of, these are the high risk learners, right? That we were worried about in the spring that we're still worried about, but there seems to be a growing number of them. Mm -hmm. And some of this is coming because districts have given the option for remote learning rather than coming into school or are just full on remote learning, right? Mm -hmm. Or in hybrid cases, this is happening too. Sure. So kind of like get, you know, so what's, what are the solutions there? So there are some really like practical solutions to this that um, are, can happen, are happening and should be happening, frankly. Like one um, is like, is there an advisor or a homeroom teacher or whatever you call it? Is there a single point of contact for each learner that is reaching to those families by phone, by email, by how, whatever, on a regular basis, meaning every week at least, mm -hmm. like beyond the classroom teacher? You know, like so many places have advisor or homeroom teachers already. Mm -hmm. Take that structure and think of it differently now. So now that person's job is to make sure how are things going for this family? Mm -hmm. What help do you need? Like blah, blah, blah. You know, so is that in place? Right. You'd be surprised a lot of places it isn't. Um, I would so say that's, many, many other places aren't, right? Because it, if that's usually right. a teacher job, right? Right, Which, yeah. And teachers aren't always trained slash comfortable with doing those type of reach outs that aren't based on academics. Yeah, that's but true. I, that's but true. I think that needs to, that can change a little bit. You do this, teachers do this all the time when yeah. it's in person. Right. But it's harder right. when it's the, the outreach. Yeah, yeah, it's harder, but it doesn't mean it shouldn't be done just because it's hard. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you want to go real old school, before we had emails, teachers called home all the time. What? Is that what my phone is for? I thought I just did other <laughs> yeah. stuff with that. Yeah. That, so anyway, um, other things that I've heard. So like home visits, the principal or, you know, some other person from the school, whether sometimes I've seen, you know, like um, counselors or, or social workers, you know, like the school mental health people, right? Mm -hmm. um, take this on in conjunction with the principal and literally going to the home 
you know, we've tried calling, we're not getting response. Now we're actually going to go during mm -hmm. school hours and see what's going on. Right. And that gives you huge in insight into what actually is going on. And in some cases, I've heard some stories about like, well, guess what? They had 20 kids that they were going to go um, do a home check on and 17 of them, no one's at that house anymore. They're mm. just gone. Interesting. Yeah. You know, well, think about renting, right? <laughs> like, and job loss, like we're still in an emergency situation for many, many learners yeah. and many, many learners' families. So thinking it, of it that way and still holding on to those like well-being check measures um, right. will go a long way for helping you understand what the truancy or lack of engagement problems are and how to help. I think we did a lot of that in the spring, Yeah, but, but not as much. I'm not hearing about that at really at all in the no. fall. Yeah. And that I think that relates back to the point that we're trying to make school look like it used to. Yes. Because we don't think of it as an emergency situation anymore. Right. And I think that's really where it comes down to a little bit is that we're we're thinking school is back to normal right now. Yeah. It just looks a little bit different. But, you know, whatever happened in the spring, that's in the past. Yeah. And like, no, it's just continuing. <laughs> It's just continuing. Yeah, it's just continuing. Um, the, the, and the other thing that I think I've heard, I heard actually in these conversations a trend, which I thought was super interesting. Um, the question was asked of one particular administrator um, if they could speak to like where it is they see more of these types of engagement and attendance issues, like what types of classes, mm -hmm. like owning the fact that there are so many different models out there. And so according to this principle and some of the other administrators that were in this one discussion I'm thinking of, um, they said and agreed that they seem to see more of these types of engagement drop-offs or like falling off of, drop, drop of attendance and engagement in classes where the learners are expected to be on the whole time. So like you said, it's we're just doing class online now you had to be in my room for 45 minutes you know last when we were all in person you have to be in my room on the screen for 45 minutes so that's one place that the engagement and attendance is dropping off another place is the instances in which teachers are managing the learners in front of them the in-person learners and the remote learners at the same time mm. Mm. two jobs at once uh, two jobs at once. Well, it makes total sense. Yep. Both of those are awful instructional models. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. But it did, I thought you were going to go to like subject areas or something that they're seeing yep. much of a difference. It's just the models. The models. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Was there so, any solutions that were talked about? Or is it more just like information um, out there at this point? Yeah, not there. I could, no, I, I, it's information that's out there. So mm -hmm. I think there are lots of potential solutions right there um, for those kinds of like, if you're seeing engagement and attendance issues that seem to be stemming from the instructional model, change the instructional model, hmm. like, or change some things about the instructional model. And there's a wealth of information and resources out there. The one thing that I think is the easiest thing to do is to stop teaching for 45 minutes on the computer. <laughs> stop. 
And mm. instead think of it more of like workshop model, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a lesson, keep it to 10, 15 minutes. You can even record it ahead of time and have the kids watch it asynchronously. They don't mm -hmm. have to watch that synchronously and then have work time, you know, or like office hour time or right. like between 10 and 10 45. If you need help, sign in. You know, and I'll have work groups going or I can set you up with partners or you can work directly with me or assign times for small group instruction. Right. Mm -hmm. Like instead of making it this like, oh, I just got to sit here and watch for 45. Like, right. That's not helping anyone. Yeah, it's not helping anybody, teachers or kids. For um, if you happen to be in the um, model where you as a teacher are like you have an owl set up in your room, everyone kind of knows what an owl is at this point, or some mm -hmm. other maybe a Tanberg or some other like, you know, and you're teaching to live, live students, to students in person, and you're teaching to the distance learners at the same time, pair the distance learners up with a learner in the classroom. So the learners in your classroom, I mean, and different places have different technology situations. So this may be a lot harder, right? But if you have it, or even if it's like at all possible, every distance learner sits with an in-person learner. I think <laughs> like, that's a great idea. You're automatically making a connection for both of those kids, right. both of those learners. And there's someone right there that, you know, so the in-person learner can advocate and speak for the distance learner in conversations if it's difficult to get that, you know, it's like there's just that opens up so many possibilities for just making the connections and the relationships a little stronger. I like that's that. ultimately what it comes. It's like, yeah, that's why the learners are dropping out and, and because there's no connection. Right. Right. And these are things that we we always talk about, right, that the, yeah. the, the connections between the learners and the teachers are ultra important to continue that engagement or to make engagement even a little bit easier because you already have that connection. And if we're losing that at this time, then why don't we look at that instead of looking at ways to you know count attendance at that point? Because right. you'll get attendance if you have engagement. Yeah, exactly. You, you'll have it. It'll be automatic. Right, right. And then to go super plaid, why not think about not even making the school building the main like locus of education? I think we've gone super plaid now. So super plaid. So this will be our last thing of the day because super plaid is about <laughs> to blow people's minds. <laughs> well, I don't think it's that crazy. And I think there's probably places doing this already. And I did hear some colleagues tell me that they're starting these kinds of conversations. Okay, so you have families and learners who are not psyched about sending their kids into school because of the safety of the pandemic, totally reasonable. They are also not well set up to support distance learning, at-home learning, for whatever reason. Maybe they have to work or who knows. And, um, and you know, you also got the decision, like, we're maybe sending two more, like, maybe getting two more kids back from the full distance option is actually going to send your school into hybrid mode because of population, right? Mm -hmm. Capacity. All right. So if the school building is no longer the center of where education happens, can we kind of break that up and have satellite education locations where teachers go other places? So instead of the learners coming to the teachers, the teachers go out to the learners. 
Maybe it's in a bank, right? Lots of banks have a conference space that is available. Maybe it's like a Y or a community center. Maybe it's someone's house. Now that sounds a lot like when we talk about assigning teachers to kids in a regular school building, as opposed to assigning kids to teachers. Yeah. Hmm. Same it idea. Does, doesn't it? Yeah, I, just a little wilder. I imagine super plaid is a little bit scary for a lot of people. I think it is. I think it is. And for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, all right. So I can put on my like, what if hat and be like, what are crazy solutions to this problem? And then I can be like, that's interesting. There might be something there. And then I can put on or invite in the people who are going to be like, these are the logistic things you need to talk about, think about. These are the policy things you need to think about. Right. But you don't get to innovation or you don't get to change without going to those crazy what if ideas that are plaid and a little scary. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna leave our listeners with the super plaid idea of the day. <laughs> and uh, if you have comments or questions about this, let us know at plearnmc on Twitter and Facebook on our parking lot on our website. Yeah. And I think these are some great ideas out there. So let us know what the crazy ideas that are happening in your school or your district. Or that uh, you have. That are working. <laughs> Even if they aren't, if they, ones yeah. that are working or ones that you're just like, what if we did this? Yeah. yeah. I like the what ifs. I like the what ifs. So let us know. And uh, we'll talk about this on a future one. We, we do have a plan for next week already. We're going to continue our portrait of an uh, online learner. Distance learner. Distance learner. That's what it was. Uh, we're going to talk about that one in a, one of our future episodes and continue that that we started, say, three, four episodes ago. Uh, we have more information. So let us know.